0: We've got some of the usual suspects here in the marionette. We've got Lady Janet, got Tommy Hashbrowns, yours truly. I think our senior showgirl is uh, coming around the bend. Yep, I I hear her ride coming around. So, uh, you know, in a a few moments, we might be ready to get going. Hey, you know what, Mm -hmm. DJ, for reals today... And I have not seen this
1: in a million years, but somebody had an ice cream truck that they were riding around, possibly with that tune. Although I'm not sure, but something similar. <laughs> oh. And uh, I have not seen that in years. But it and and whoever had this truck, it was all hand painted, all the signage, you know. So this was clearly. You know, somebody doing something entrepreneurial, and uh, and they had that song. They had a song like that, and it was an ice cream truck.
0: Oh, how cute. When I was a kid, we didn't have an ice cream truck. You know, we had the Schwann's truck. <laughs> oh,
1: God, yeah.
0: <laughs> if for those of you who aren't is here in the Northeast, there's a a chain of frozen food company seriously and, uh, they come around with a a truck that has a swan on it but their name is schwans and well you know for those folks that are trying to feed a, uh, a a large family they're more than happy to load your freezer up from their truck right and by <laughs> the way this was years
1: and years and years before all of this stuff you can get online now oh yeah all, all those foods i mean really i mean
0: schwan that was out there way way before any of that <laughs> well sir it's a couple of minutes past i think that uh, we will get the evening started yep. let's get her going okay going right in
1: Wash, 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 working at the car, wash, yeah, D- dirty, what, what happened in here? Why are these suds and bubbles all over everywhere? Oh, funny thing about that. Yeah? <laughs> well, the laundromat next door had some plumbing problems, and, uh, well, I... I guess we have an air vent and, yeah. Well, it just sucked it all in. Uh, but look, the place has never been cleaner. <laughs> uh, no, just get a mop, please. We, we don't need anyone slipping on our dime. Well, not that we have one. No, kiddo. I'll just grab Mr. Fred Astaire here and we'll have it taken care of in a jiffy. <laughs> you named our mop? What? I was bored, so sue me. <laughs>
0: Hey there! Oh, it is a Friday evening, and we're in our usual places to talk about those hits that fell from the box office, and, um, (laughs) you know, um, this one here tonight is a listener request! (laughs) Yes! We got a little letter in the mailbox from our good friend Tommy up there in the great White North of Fort oh, Maple. Excellent. So we will be talking about that in a moment, but yes, um, you know, Toppy, it is May, and uh, you know, we, we like to to mark the occasion and uh, just kind of talk about uh, what's happening this month. Now, Mother's Day is this weekend. Do you have plans with Sweet Mama? Well,
1: a little bit. I... I... I always have to work on Sunday, which is Mother's Day, and so it's hard to it's hard to be involved in any kind of planning for a party per se. And I sort of usually come in later in the day if we do have a party. Anyways, it's fine. It's probably gonna happen, uh, but I've already today, DJ. I already went to a little steer, uh, to buy some flowers for my sweet memo. Aww. And I got her a hanging basket of uh, the the uh, plant called fuchsia, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't so much about its color as in these lovely blossoms that are very fancy and hanging down. Anyways, it's lovely,
0: and I'll be presenting it to her on Sunday. Oh, well, we'll be dropping by Mama Billy's. We've been requested to be present, and, um, you know, uh, I I, uh, I had a day that's gone by. The sun has set. I used to do technical support, and, um, you know, you can only take so much of that when people blame you for everything going wrong in their lives. But <laughs> now and then I feel generous, and I help out my uh, my sweet mother-in-law with what ails her, and um, sometimes it's something I've given her. We, we gave her for um combination of uh Easter and her birthday which was just recently we got her one of those little magical amazon boxes i'm not going to say the word cuz people have devices that respond to it but um you know she she and i are are uh, sending messages back and forth to each other and uh, she lives in an apartment in the city and sometimes her power goes out unexpectedly and um you know Ooh. it's probably just going to be unplugging it plugging it back in but uh, she wants help with her amazon box so you know i i'll figure it Ooh. out for her Ooh. box okay yeah and uh, and i apparently i'm supposed to update her ipad too because uh, the folks at the Apple store, they're not going to do it for you because they expect people to have a real computer at home, which she's never had one. And I'm just going to take my laptop there. But anyways, a few other things that happened this month. Uh, it's ALS Awareness Month, which is, of course, also uh, known as Lou Gehrig's disease. It's Celiac's Disease Awareness Month, which means for those uh, who can't eat wheat, people who are gluten-free have celiac's disease. It's also Jewish American heritage month. Um, I recently watched on Netflix topic. Uh, there's a show called Russian doll that came out a few years ago and they got a second season. And, um, Mm. the actress who does that show, she also writes it, I think produces it. Um, her grandparents were Holocaust survivors. So part of the story actually, um, takes her back to the old country. And, um, lastly, but certainly not least, uh, Uh, may is also uh asian american heritage month and uh, i think it's also native hawaiian and um there there's one other um uh nationality that's part of that but um you know as i'm a big nerd um I could just uh, name out all of my, my favorite Asian-American actors like George Takei and Margaret Cho. And, well, I could go on and on. But, hey. All right. Cool. Um, I do believe that I saw our senior showgirl sneaking in the back there. Um, can you look over at the balcony and see if she's down there at the stage? <laughs> okay. I think she is.
1: Mm-hmm. oh here! Let's
0: get her going. All righty. Okay, I guess guess she's ready. And here we go.
1: Jessica and Mary are sisters, but their lives couldn't be more different. Jessica lives in the lap of luxury. And Mary is a middle-class housewife starting over with her construction worker husband together the two share eccentric families that make life complicated if not interesting it's an evening time spoof on daytime drama grab your bathrobe and a vacuum cleaner we're gonna get some stories in it's time for soap with katherine hellman and richard mulligan Get it boys What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen?
0: A pinch of golden oldies. And a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Okay, so Toppy, tonight we're talking about... A late 70s comedy drama TV series that was on ABC, the American Broadcast Company. <laughs> yeah, and I believe we're talking 1977, aren't we? We sure are. And, uh, you know, that, that might have been the year that I, I was no longer just a glimmer in someone's eye. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I've been around
1: for a while, but. DJ. Mm hmm. <laughs> We're going to set the stage tonight a little bit different way than we usually do, because both of us feel like a little bit of talk about the history of soap operas in general is due here before we begin with soap. So what do you got to say about that,
0: DJ? Alrighty, So this is a brief history on soap operas. In the U.S., the first daytime drama was on NBC. It was filmed in Chicago called These Are My Children. Now, I know you've probably heard similar names for all the shows that have been out there since, but this show started in 1949. It only lasted possibly a couple of months. And uh, while there <laughs> now, while there were some other shows that came before it, those aired in later hours of the day. So this was a daytime show. And uh, that particular story for These Are My Children centered on an Irish widow, Mrs. Hanahan. No, I didn't. Aww. I did not say Hannigan. I'm not talking about Annie. I oh, know. And Mrs. Henahan and her struggles to run a boarding house, as well as help her three children and new daughter-in-law Jean. Oh, sounds like something we could have done today. Um, and in addition to critical opinions, everyone's got one. The immediate factor in NBC's cancellation of These Are My Children was the decision by AT and Ma Bell, because you know. Um, big companies have big pockets and they, they basically said, we're not going to let you use our broadcast cable to send shows East. Hmm. And so they put the kibosh on that. uh, Speaking of Jewish American heritage month here. There you go. So, uh, what was that next show in the history there, Toppy? Well, uh, tell us about A little shoe, a little soap called
1: Hawkins Falls. What was that all about,
0: Deej? All righty. Well, Hawkins Falls, though it was not the first original soap opera that uh, didn't start on the radio, it was the first to be successful. Now, uh, Hawkins Falls ran for more than five years, and it was sponsored by Unilever. Yes, uh, it's a... a, uh, a a a mega corporation that owns lots of brands, Unilever. And uh, it was by their blue detergent, their laundry (laughs) detergent, Surf. Yo, Surf. uh, Yes, and the uh, jury is still out on if you can still buy that. Uh, I guess it depends on where you live. The program began as a one-hour comedy drama on June 17, 1950. So once the kiddos were out and Mama had her hands full, they started Hawkins Falls And uh, let's see, it ran on primetime in NBC until uh, October of that year. But then on April of the next year, the series was moved to a 15-minute daytime slot, and it was retitled Hawkins Falls, a television novel. It was Hmm. developed into soap opera format, what Hmm. we know today. And Hawkins Falls ran from July or ran until July 55, so five years it ran like that, making it NBC's longest-running soap opera until a little show called The Doctors, which uh, had a long run, and uh, it succeeded Hawkins Falls. It's a long-running soap opera in 67. And The Doctors actually ran up until the early 80s there in 82, so... You know, just shortly after uh soap was off the air. And the current longest-running soap opera in production is General Hospital. Uh. This premiered on ABC in April of 63. General Hospital became the oldest American soap opera on September of 2010 following the final broadcast of CBS's As the World Turns. And in April of 2011, ABC announced the cancellations of two long-running shows, All My Children and One Life to Live, which left General Hospital as the last soap opera on the network after January of 2012 and the show celebrated its 50th anniversary on april 1st of 2013 could you read that last bit about general hospital toppy yeah Uh, general
1: hospital longest running serial produced in hollywood longest running entertainment program in abc television history started airing as a half hour until 76 where It expanded from 30 minutes. This is weird, folks, because I don't know how they did this. They expanded from 30 minutes to 45 minutes. What did they do with that extra 15 (laughs) minutes? What was on TV? I don't know. But anyways, ah, in 76, they finally expanded to a full hour. And uh, they... Oh, General Hospice has been listed in the Guinness World Book Records as the longest-running American soap in production and the second in American history after Guiding Light. Concurrently, it is the world's third longest-running scripted drama, in production after the British serials The Archers and Coronation Street as well as the world's second longest running televised soap opera until uh, uh, that's still in production it holds the, the record for the most daytime Emmy awards for daytime Emmy award for outstanding drama series with 14 wins can you believe it
0: oh all right so soap and uh this is the show we're talking about tonight abc 1977 tell us a little bit more about soap there toppy all right so way back
1: then there were tons of soaps on tv there are most of them as you as you can hear from what we said they're gone but At that time, soaps were still big, still big for the networks. And there were a lot of them. And ABC thought, hmm, I don't know. There seems, I think there's material that we could plumb from soaps and make a sitcom. And that's what they tried to do. It ran on ABC from September 77 all the way until 1981. It was created as a nighttime parody of daytime soaps, and it was presented as a weekly half-hour prime-time comedy, a sitcom, uh, uh, and similar to a soap opera. The, the show's story was presented in a serial format, which was pretty well unique for a weekly sitcom, and it featured melodramatic plot lines, including, get this, kids, here's the comedy in the show. Uh, The plot lines included alien abduction, Mm. demonic possessions. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, there was the extramarital affairs, which were common to Soap's, you know, murder, (laughs) kidnapping. Um, uh, Soap had unknown diseases, and uh, amnesia. Uh, Not to mention cults, organized crime, warfare, and a little bit of a communist revolution that was part of a plot for a while and teacher-student relationships. In 2007, Soap was listed as one of Time Magazine's 100 Best Shows of All Time. And in 2010... The Tates and the Campbells ranked at number 17 in TV Guide's list of TV's top families. Ooh. <laughs> and just a, a brief after mention Soap uh, had a very, very successful spin off series uh, called Benson, and it starred the breakout star from Soap, Robert Guillaume, as uh, he was a butler. On soap, and uh, he went on to do a show called Benson on ABC from 79 to 86. And it ran a full five years longer than its predecessor, Soap. So, even more successful was Benson. So, there you go.
0: And without Benson, we wouldn't have the beginning of the careers of several Star Trek actors. I had to get it in there. You know I did. <laughs> well, we always come around to
1: Star Trek on
0: this little shoe. <laughs> we have, uh, so. of course, Mr. Rene Aubinjois, because I love saying that name, and Ethan Phillips, both were part of Benson. And That's uh, right. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who are staying after class, Uh, If you look hard enough, in the first couple of seasons, Michael Keaton's first wife plays the governor's secretary. (laughs) All right. There you go. Well, let me just... We're going into 77, so let me just
1: mention some of the boys of celebrities in 77. Besides me? (laughs) Wow. Were you... DJ.
0: You know, real quick story. Are you going
1: to tell me you were born in 77? Oh, of course. Um...
0: Uh, oh and, my god uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know <laughs> out, of the, out of the mouths of babes right oh my god i can't believe it I'm uh, just, i you know uh, oh my god you know and and, uh, and to boot i'm a new year's baby so yeah. um real maybe not so quick but uh, as quick as i can try to tell the story um I used to get introduced to people who I had no idea who they were, but basically it's like um, being runner-up of the uh, the dairy fair because um, you know you you get to appear at supermarkets and cut ribbons and all that jazz. But uh, I used to get introduced as the first baby born in our our county, basically of the tricentennial because seventy six was the bicentennial. And seventy seven was the first year into the new century of the of America. So I, I was the, the first baby of our county in the tricentennial, and I'm like, Jesus. Ooh, you know, is that even going to oh, get God. me a cup of coffee at Denny's?
1: <laughs> Maybe not, but uh, hey, listen. I mean, you know, you got to get, you got to take what you can get.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ha, uh Uh, celebrity births besides you. yeah.
0: God damn, I can't believe you were born in 77. (laughs) Anyways, uh, also born in 77
1: was Robert
0: Thicke. Okay, Robin Thicke, and talk about taking it where you can get it. This man, well, uh, let's just say um, he has some talent, but he has been brought up on charges of of plagiarizing some of his music. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. See, I can I confuse him with Alan Thick. But anyway. That's his daddy. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh also Annie Worshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh she was the Borg Queen on Star Trek Picard, by the way. Also, Sarah Michelle Geller. We know her because she's the fabulous Buffy the Vampire. Vampire Slayer. She was born in seventy-seven. Yeah. Uh John uh, Senna S-Sena. wrestler at Cena? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he, he was in uh, the movie The Punisher.
0: Uh, well, the, were... the, the recent Disney Marvel series, The Punisher.
1: Okay, thank you. Because, oddly enough, for this character, there's been a lot of Punisher movies. <laughs> One had John Travolta, believe it or not. Anyways, <laughs> let's not talk about that. Mm-hmm. Also born in 77, <laughs> Zachary Quinto... Uh, he was in Heroes, he was in American Horror Story And also, here we go, Star Trek Spock in the recent Star Trek films Liv Tyler, born in 77 Daughter of musician Steven Tyler Randy Harrison He was an actor in Queer as Folks He was the twink on Queer as Alright, well we know we love him then uh, Brittany Murphy uh, from Girl Interrupted she was also the voice of Lewin on King of the Hill, the animated series, long writing. So there you go. Ooh. DJ, <clears throat> in 1977,
0: mm-hmm. Soap was airing. What was the competition? All right. So get out your rabbit ears, folks, because we're going to tune in some 70s TV shows. And, you know, who's to say people had cable then? Uh, In 77, Soap aired Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. So, you know, if I was uh, old enough to be in school, I'd be in bed then, because, you know, you got to get up at the crack of dawn. But it was on ABC. (laughs) All right. So this is fair, because I'm older. I was able to
1: stay up later. Mm. There you go, DJ. I'm sorry. I was able to stay (laughs) up later.
0: Were you talking about Soap and Study Hall? (laughs) Eh, somewhere, yeah. <laughs> And of course, uh, Soap in 77, uh, when it started, aired after Toppy's favorite sitcom, Three's Company. <laughs> 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 oh. Girls! Oh, wait, that's yeah. a different one. Ah, and uh, over on the Big Brother CBS... Uh, it was One Day at a Time with Bonnie Tyler and... Okay, that was much smarter than Three's Company. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm forgetting her name, but um, there's... Bonnie a... Franklin. Oh, Bonnie Franklin. Bonnie she Th- could fit 20 tennis balls in her mouth. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Right, Bonnie Franklin. And I'm forgetting her name, but one of the actresses that played her daughter Uh, because Valerie Bertinelli yes Valerie Bertinelli of course would later many years later go on to be on um, TV show with uh, Betty White on TV Land
1: yeah that's true she was also in one million
0: TV movies Uh made for TV movies anyways she paid her bills the lifetime way all right so over on NBC the Peacock in 77 now I know I'm not lying when I say this It was one of Toppy's favorites. (laughs) And it was the the man from Atlantis. And it starred uh, Mr. Heartthrob himself. That was later on Dallas, Mr. Patrick Duffy. Now, listen, folks, I'm just telling you, uh,
1: Patrick Duffy was in fine form at this age. And uh, well, I was one to visit the hour long drummers rather than the half hour sitcoms. and this little particular the man from atlantis while it was (laughs) short-lived i remember it so well and by the way the man from atlantis was this guy that uh, came from undersea and he had webbed hands and webbed toes so there there's that for all the kink you can get out of that
0: anyways (laughs) uh, go on with soap what happened then Okay, so then uh after its first season, Soap was moved to Thursdays instead of <clears> Tuesdays. <throat> Tuesdays uh, but it was still at 9:30 and in those days over on CBS. <laughs> Hawaii 50. Speaking of our um native Hawaiian heritage month here in uh, May,
1: I'm Jack Ward. <laughs>
0: and over on the peacock, was, um, oh, I'm forgetting his name uh, from The Jack Odd Klugman. Couple. Jack Klugman. Jack Klugman from uh, The Odd Couple was in Quincy, M.E., which yep. I, I forget what the M.E. stands for, but anyways. Uh, medical Examiner. Medical Examiner. Oh, so he was one of the guys that would have a sandwich when he was opening up a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> <Kinda>. <laughs> yeah that, that's the That's the, the typical, you know, um, uh, setting for a forensics show somebody's well, always got to have food while the others are getting grossed out by the body
1: well that kind of was the theme of Clincy. uh <laughs> everyone would get grossed out and he'd be
0: eating a sandwich you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh in the final season of soap which was uh i think 19 let's see eight, nine, ten, uh, 1981 it was moved to Monday. So oh, the Kneel in the Coffin, 10 p.m. No. <sighs> and over on uh, the Big Brother CBS, well, it was a spinoff of Mary Tyler Moore. It was Lou Grant. There you go. By that time, Lou Grant, uh, the famous character
1: uh, from Mary Tyler Moore, uh, that became a one hour drama, really about the newspaper industry. Anyways, all this moving around of soap should tell you that perhaps the ratings were up and down and they were, and the network tried to improve things by positioning them over the years in different time slots. Uh, that helped or didn't help, but, but eventually, of course, the show was canceled. But let's talk about the creator, the producer. Her name, and this is really kind of inspiring and, and wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's a woman, Susan Harris, American television writer, producer, creator. She did soap 77 to 81. Folks, she did. The Golden Girls, from 85 to 92. Susan Harris, mm. between 95 and 98. She was one of the most prolific television writers, creating 13, count them, 13 comedy series. Well, they didn't all do that well. Mm. Uh, but in at 2011, she was inducted into the Television Hall of Fame, rightly so. Over the years prior, she wrote way back then, before she became a creator and producer. She wrote for Love American Style. She wrote for All in the Family. She wrote for The Partridge Family. And uh, she did a, a nifty TV adaptation of Neil Simon's Barefoot in the Park.
0: Hmm, I wonder if that many. Sorry, oh, I was going to say. I wonder if that one was the one I saw on HBO. There was one with, f- forgive me, um, the actor who played John Boy. Um, uh, 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 uh,
1: all of a sudden his name is, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, maybe I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, the last thing I'll say about Susan Harris, mm-hmm. this writer and producer and creator. Uh, is that maybe, maybe the most the the one episode she's most famous for would come from Maud in the 1970s with B. Arthur, and it was an a, an episode about abortion, and uh, she won the uh, the Humanist Prize for that. Um, and, and lots, I mean, it was one of those episodes that stuck with the American countries. And here we are, folks. Whew, oh. 2022 and the Supreme Court, uh, this leaked thing. And, you know, I can't even believe it, but maybe canceling out federal protection for abortions is on the horizon. And mm. it's really hard to
0: believe. But, um, you know, in hindsight, uh, if you want some reflection on the times, um, Maud is available to watch. The first two seasons can be found on Tubi, my favorite free service. Me too. <laughs> Folks, if
1: you haven't found Tubi, you better get
0: on it. <laughs> T-U-B-I dot TV you can use it on your phone, your da- your laptop, and on your uh, smart TV. But, uh, yeah, I actually have been watching Maud because uh, I've seen, uh, you know, the discs in the stores and they have the first couple of seasons on there. And I did get to see the two-parter, actually, um, abortion episode that uh, Susan Harris wrote. And it was, it was uh, quite interesting to see that, you know, done in the 70s. yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is groundbreaking stuff. And Susan Harris wrote groundbreaking stuff. Mm. Um, And she was perfect for... Because soap, if we haven't mentioned yet, was
0: groundbreaking material. Sure was. Now, we are at actually about the halfway point. So we're going to sneak on over here to our refreshment stand. Where uh, Gertie is going to be hopefully serving us some not-soapy treats. Uh, Oh,
1: come on. It's all cleaned up.
0: (laughs) There you go. We have a clip uh, from the, uh, I I think it's the Television Factory Academy, something or other. Anyways, this is a clip with um, Billy Crystal talking about his character of Jody on soap from the general
2: audience, great. There were some gay groups that were upset that he was or on a stereotype and so on and we corrected that. I felt it and we made him more real and, and the proof of it was as we went on he gets jilted at the altar, he has a, a one-night thing with this woman which ends up producing a baby and he decides to do the honorable thing and marry her. He was confused. You know, now, that was fun stuff to play. Because it felt like that was a that was a good way to 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 f- have him eventually come to terms with who he was, and when they had the baby, they did a poll, and the america vo- in this poll wanted Jody to have the baby, and I thought that was the victory totally. I thought that was the big thing was that they trusted a gay man with a child in this poll that ABC did at the time so um it was it was difficult um not in the studio the, the everyone was great it was the world was remarking about this guy and even if it was favorable it still was oh there's the gay guy from it was always a label mm-hmm. that was a little uncomfortable at the time you know to go through because again it was 40 years ago it was really different i was really proud of what we did on the show and it was during that show that the run of it, um, that Bob Guillaume and I became very close, and Bob um, who played, played Benson, Benson yeah. who was the the out and out runaway star of the of the show, and spun off to do his own show, and he left us, and 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 Bob was a very proud African American man, and he, we we had lunch one day, and I said, you know, he was always meet me in the parking lot when we pulled up to go to work, and he'd, he'd look at me and go, you're still here, huh? We had, we had this funny little, you're still here? And we were talking, and I said, you know, we're both playing minorities. You know, we're both minorities in this. I, I said, you know, we both have responsibilities in this, and you're playing you know, this really funny, wisecracking guy, but he is a butler, you know, and he works for the white man and I'm a gay man who, you know, we have a lot in common here and that, that discussion with him was very powerful for both of us and it was at that point after that when we would do scenes in front of live audience and some of them were, you know, I sometimes had difficult material to navigate. Um, he'd be the first one over to the set when I'd come off after finishing a scene to say, good job. Um, and that was, that, that forever bonded us uh, because of what I said to him. I said, you know, we're both, mm-hmm. we're both minorities in this.
1: Um. DJ, I want, I want to say, mm-hmm. not to minimize what what uh, this interview revealed, it was sort of quickly passed over, but there was a lot of criticism uh, for Billy Crystal um, for his betrayal and for the show's betrayal of a gay man. And uh, But it's true, what he said, is that they listened and they... Got better, so that's very, very true. Uh, Billy Crystal's character, you know, went through a lot of stages because listen, it was freaking 1977 and, and later. How early is that to tackle a gay character? That's pretty spectacular,
0: you know. And for uh, folks, uh, Toppy and I were talking behind the curtain before the show. And uh, it's it's just quite interesting about the presentation, the introduction of gay characters in television in these time frames. Because I remember watching in reruns some of the, the daytime dramas, or actually I think they were the evening dramas like Falcon Crest and Dynasty, when um some of the the kind of rerun um nostalgia channels came out fx cuz they they showed uh, wonder woman in the 90s but um anyways um i rem- i was talking to toppy about a character i remember who was the the son you know the the um boy wonder of the millionaire in i i want to say it was falcon crest and he was supposed to be gay and uh, i think that that show aired in the 80s and, uh, of course they quickly changed their tune with that one because dear old dad, who, um, you know, did in his boyfriend, there was a scene that they, they cut the camera away on, but it was suggested that, uh, his dad grabbed some of the, um, tools at the fireplace and, uh, yeah, no more boyfriend. So, Jesus <laughs>
1: holy God,
0: uh, you know, and- I, I, I never followed that. So I have no clue, uh,
1: Dynasty also had a gay character, some kid uh,
0: son of whoever. Well, fortunately, by the time the nineties came, which you know it was a good while later, but I was in junior high, and we got came up with a spinoff of nine hundred two one zero, Melrose Place, and I want to say uh, outside of shows like um, MTV Real World which was a reality show. Uh, Melrose Place might have been one of the first TV shows that was allowed to have an openly gay character. And he wasn't just um, flamboyant. He actually wore a leather jacket and he rode a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) But leave
1: us not forget, um, certainly Soap uh, was a trendsetter uh, that... You know, ABC didn't have to deal with this if they didn't want to. And there probably was a lot of uh, gnashing of teeth on the executive side. But somehow it, it came out with Billy Crick, Crystal's character and uh, that... Nothing but groundbreaking. But DJ, we've Mm -hmm. got a lot of cast members that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk about Catherine Hellman, who played Jessica Tate?
0: Oh, I would love to. She is the grande dame of soap. Miss Catherine Hellman, who played Jessica, she was born in Galveston, Texas. So she's a Texas gal. You know, that uh, that that little town that's uh, an island in the Gulf. All the kids go to spring break there. Yeah. Well, she took a job at a local theater while she was still in high school. She was hammering and sawing the scenery. So she was set building. And she oh. she cleaned the bathrooms. And well, uh, she pulled listen, the curtains. Hey, I got, I got. Uh, she's my soulmate. <laughs> Definitely. She operated a summer theater in the Catskills. Because, you know. When you need to be up and coming in your career, you go to the Catskills, because that's where all the comedy acts are. For three seasons, she was there and uh, taught acting in university theater programs. Now, Katherine Hellman made her TV, TV debut in 1962, but had to wait another 10 years until her breakthrough came in the 70s. Why? Well, probably because she was a woman. Uh, Soap was her 32nd television series. Jesus 30 yeah. seconds. She knew her way around craft services. Um, <laughs> just prior, Helmond was a guest on one of my favorite shows, The Bionic Woman with Jamie Summers. Well, actually it's some um, Lindsay Wagner, of course. And uh, in 84, she was cast as Mona, How I came to know her the mother of the housekeeper uh, or or the mother of the housekeeper's boss. On Who is the Boss? Tony Danza's show. And uh, in the five years after Soap, Hellman would appear in five more TV series and one more film. Uh, it was called Time Bandits in 81. Now, I would be remiss if I did not mention my favorite program with Catherine Hellman. Okay. It was a little film that I showed Toppy on the big screen here at Chateau Starsage. And... um it had Goldie Hawn, and it was called "Overboard" with Kurt Russell, and Catherine Hellman played the rich mama, and yeah. that was just golden because she's on the daughter on the phone with her daughter, and the maid is helping her out, and she's scolding the maid, and she says, "You don't shove the do- the food down shiitake's throat. You place it on her tongue. Don't they have dogs in Sweden?" <laughs> ah, ah. That was precious.
1: Well, let's talk about Robert Manden, who played Chester Tate, born in Missouri, <clears throat> began acting on television in the 60s. Uh, sitcom appearances prior to Soap included an auctioneer in the 1972 premiere episode of Sanford and Son, believe it or not, and uh, later uh, in an episode Of all the family, he was the attorney, Mr. Morrison. And uh, he was Maude's gay friend, Barry, on a 1974 episode of Maude. He also appeared in the Barnaby Jones. (laughs) Oh, Barnaby Jones. Wait a minute. Barnaby Jones was...
0: Who was that? Oh, that was the guy who played uh, Jed Clampett, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Buddy Epson. Oh, my God.
0: Buddy Epson. What's his name? Buddy Buddy Epson. Epson. Yes. There you go.
1: The original Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a whole different story. Uh, Barnaby Jones, Buddy Epson, uh, he was in, in an episode titled Counterfall, Oh, and Killer on Campus, and guest-starred in an episode of the Western series Sarah, starring Venda, Brenda, Brenda Vaccaro. Oh. Hi, I'm Brenda Vaccaro.
0: <laughs> I had a,
1: a career on stage. I don't know how anyone heard me with this voice on stage, but believe it or not, I had a career on stage. I owe my the-
0: voice to Virginia Slims.
1: Now stop it, I don't know if that's true I have no idea anyway, Anyways, Brenda Vaccar By the way, I watched Sarah Which was like a, a, a one season It didn't last more than 13 episodes But I loved it And Brenda, that was my introduction to Brenda Vaccar And then I loved her In Airport 77 But anyways, that's an entirely different thing Ah, uh, who are we talking about?
0: Mr. (laughs) Robert Mandin. (laughs) Okay, yeah, he
1: played Mr. (laughs) He played Mr. Kirby in the 1979 NBC television adaptation. Now, you can't take it with you. And the ineffective but well-meaning Colonel Fielding. In the 1981 TV adaptation of, I didn't even know they did this, DJ, Private Benjamin. Yes, Eileen Brennan, Toppy. Yeah, did she do the TV series, too? Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, uh, Robert Mann also had roles in two movies in 1982. as school principal, Walter J.
0: Coolidge, in Zapped. Oh, my God. Oh, the last oh, thing Lord. Scott Bayo did before entering the voting please, booth.
1: Please, please, I'm going to vomit. And also, <laughs> Senator Charles Wingwood. In the best little whorehouse in Texas, which wasn't much better. In, <laughs> in 1982, he also played Henry's older brother, Bill Rush.
0: In, I think, the TV series Too Close for Comfort. Oh, Is, I love wasn't that. Wasn't that a TV series? I love that show, Toppy. He, The, the, the main character, the head of the household, was a dad who was a, a cartoon artist. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well... Uh, tell us about Richard
1: Mulligan mm-hmm.
0: oh. uh, in Soap. All righty, sir. So Richard Mulligan, uh, he played uh, Mr. Campbell. And this was uh, Mary's second husband, the construction worker. Now, Richard Mulligan was best known for his roles in television as Burke Campbell. And that was on Soap, of course, from 77 to 81. He won a Best Actor Emmy Award. And uh, as Dr. Harry Western, uh, Weston, like the hotel chain, um, in the NBC series Empty Nest, which was a spinoff of the Golden Girls, and his character had appeared in a few episodes on that show. I think he was kind of a neighbor, if I remember right. Empty Nest ran for seven seasons. And Mulligan won a Best Actor Emmy Award, as well as a Golden Globe Award for his performance on that show. He also played the Secretary of State, William Seward, in a film from 88 called Lincoln, about Lincoln. And uh, it was a TV movie based on Gore Vidal's novel. So, Toppy, we, uh, we have a up-and-coming comic that was featured in Sobits, where he got his start. Tell us a, bit, a little bit about Mr. Billy Crystal. There you go, Billy Crystal. Y'all guys know them, know him.
1: Uh, American actor, comedian. He became a writer. He became a producer, film director. He gained prominence in the seventies and eighties for primarily his role in soap as Jody Dallas, and also he became a frequent. Cast member of Saturday Night Live And he hosted it frequently Then Crystal went through an amazing stage of film Where he starred in many critical and box office successes Such as Running Scared in 86 The Princess Bride in 87 Throw Mama from the Train, also 87, Memories of Me in 88, his big one, When Harry Met Sally, remember that, in 89, City Slickers, who could forget that with Jack Palance in 1991, Mr. Saturday Night in 92, analyzed This in 99, and Parental Guidance in 2012. A string of amazing uh, box office successes for Billy Crystal. And let's talk about the final guy. Not the, not the end of the cast of Soap, which was vast, but a guy we can't forget.
0: DJ Robert Gilliam. Hmm. Okay, so Mr. Robert Guillaume is an American actor and singer. And uh, actually, we should mention that several of the members of the cast of Soap have passed on. Um, oh, Catherine Hellman passed away in 2019, I want to say. And she was the ripe age of 89. Uh, and then Robert Minden, I believe, uh, passed in his 80s. Robert Guillaume... Uh, passed away, I believe, in 2017, and he was in his, his sons about right. Yeah, it was in his late 80s, but uh, he was best known for his role of Benson Dubois in the ABC television series *Soap* in its spinoff *Benson*, as well as for voicing the mandrill Rafiki in *The Lion King*. I remember uh. that well. I was a new uncle, and my nephews insisted that we have to rewind the tape and watch it over again. Uh, (laughs) In a career that spanned more than 50 years, Mr. Guillaume worked extensively on stage, television, and film. For his efforts, he was nominated for a Tony Award for his portrayal of Nathan Detroit in Guys and Dolls, and twice won an Emmy Award for his portrayal of the character of Benson Dubois. Once in 79 on Soap, in an 85 on Benson. Mm. He also won a Grammy Award in 95 for his spoken word performance of an audiobook version of The Lion King.
1: Nice, nice.
0: So, DJ, mm-hmm.
1: I, I didn't spend a lot of time with soap back in the day. Uh, I was the kind of guy that, as many people... <laughs> know who've listened to Matinee Minutia. I was watching the hour-long drummers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but I did see a few episodes of soap.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um yeah, I don't know, but I, I came back to it for Matinee Minutia to watch episodes that I had not seen. And the main thing I want to say about soap is that it was much smarter than the the kinds of sitcoms that surrounded it at mm-hmm. the time much smarter the writing was was excellent the characterizations were really on spot this sh- show was a Above and beyond the usual nutty, blah, blah sitcoms (laughs) of that time. And so I I give it a lot of credit for that because there was comedy Mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they stayed true to trying to be a spoof of soap operas, but they brought in it with the comedy serious issues of the day Mm -hmm. and they parlayed this into this mix of comedy and serious issues that was just written very smartly. So I really give it hats off to that.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that um, soap might, well, by the time I caught it for the first time, it was in reruns of course, but I think, for a time, they uh, were featuring it on the precursor to TV Land, which was Nick at Night. You know, what what happened to Nickelodeon when the kiddos went to bed? Well, we showed the, uh, you know, the wholesome retro shows and sometimes just nostalgic stuff like Soap. But, uh, you know, uh, I got through the first season for the most part. And I, I realized that um, that's uh, not as easy to come by because... Um, the later seasons seem to be available on our favorite free service Tubi. Um But if you can manage to track down uh, the first season, it is just rife. R-I-F-E, not ripe. Nobody uh, forgot their deodorant. It was just rife with celebrity guest appearances from the early days of their careers. And these are people that would later on get their own shows like In one episode, there was a court hearing, and Howard Hessman was on as an attorney, who, of course, would later get to be on WKRP as Johnny Fever, and then, of course, later on on Head of the Class um, as—I'm forgetting the teacher's name. But also, the actor who played his boss on WKRP, the head of the radio station— He was the sheriff on soap. And no kidding. It just goes on and on. Well, um
1: it really had its its day. I don't think it was ever a super sensation. It 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 was successful enough for the network to keep it going. And certainly successful enough to get Benson going which probably was even more successful than soap um but i do really think that that uh this show took chances it didn't need to take and the network i don't know who was who who, who was uh gaslighting them to get this on the air i don't know but they did. That's the important thing. They did put this on the air. And uh, I think that's why it's so well known.
0: And, you know, another reason to track down the first season is you get to see young Robert Ulrich playing a tennis pro. And, um, you know, he's he's making a, a, a little money on the side, if you catch my drift. <laughs>
1: ah, I can't imagine.
0: Oh, I, it
1: really... It really was groundbreaking.
0: Well, we are at the top of the hour here, so we're going to sneak out here towards the lobby. And um, this is the part of the show where we talk about other things that you might enjoy if you liked soap. And once again, if you haven't, hot so before, and some of these 80s actors are people that you enjoy, you can go ahead and look for that uh, series on Tubi, T-U-B-I dot TV, available on all your devices and your smart TV. So Toppy, I think, I, I, I've had a small change of heart, um, I sometimes recommend two things when we get to this segment, but I think tonight I'm going to center on one. Now, uh, this is inspired by soap because it itself is about a soap. I'm going to suggest if you like soap or you like spoofs on soaps, you might enjoy a film that was made in 1991. And uh, it starred Sally Fields, Whoopi Goldberg, I think even Kevin Klein was in this, called Soap Dish. And uh, it's about an ambitious television soap actress who connives with her producer to scuttle the career of the show's longtime star. But nothing works as they plan. And I just remember all of the promos for this were Sally Fields saying, he died. They decapitated him. How are they bringing him back? (laughs) (laughs) Soapdish from 91. Well, I think that's an
1: excellent choice. I was also thinking of that. I think at one point in our previous discussions, you were sort of focusing in on um, uh, what Mary Hartman, uh-huh. Mary Hartman, which I also think, if you can find it, folks, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman was a Norman Lear production of a half hour. Uh, well comedy but it was a spoof on soaps and it was it it was subliminal i mean oh it was oh my god it was so weird that frankly it didn't last very long but a norman layer production with louise lasser it was called mary hartman mary hartman and did perfectly in my opinion uh was a perfect uh, uh, comedy and spoof of soaps as they were in that day. My particular offering was also Soap Dish. Um, and I, I think that's a great choice, DJ. And also I would have uh, maybe perhaps said Tootsie starring Dustin Hoffman.
0: Oh, Yeah.
1: Well, because the entire story surrounded the production of a TV soap. Uh, So uh, those are my recommendations. I'd agree with DJ Soap Dish, and I'd say Tootsie. And I would say absolutely Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, if you could find it by Norman
0: Lear. Crazy, crazy stuff. Okay. So Toppy, uh, if you will, sir, look over the balcony and let us know who is here in our chat room tonight.
1: Well, we're really happy that uh Crown, the ever-mistress Crownhaven, is here. Uh uh Crownhaven just asked a question, was soap before Mary H I believe, Crownhaven, that Mary Hartman was before soap. I believe that's true. Mary Hartman predated soap. Uh, Also in the chat room is our pal Tommy Hashbrowns, who comes by every week for us. And also Janet from Another Planet. We're so happy to see her. And uh, who else? Lamont Cranston, I think, may have been listening in. I, Lamont, and our friend, Maren Gertz, who always comes by. Thank you, everyone, for coming by. Uh, it wouldn't be the same without you. We're so happy you came to be with us.
0: Okay, so we're out here in the lobby, and as you all know, this building has a splendid history Lots of acts came through here, vaudeville, and even a magician. Could you reach up there and grab that bag of coins for me, sir? We're going to see what's coming up next. Let me grab your bag. I mean, the bag.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, here it comes. Here we go. Okay. Shall Shall I read this? Yes, please. Go ahead and open
1: that up. All right. Uh, Next time, folks. Oh, my God. Next time I met me, Mnuchia. It's the American film noir at its best. It's Key Largo, a movie from 1948. Black and white. You're going to love it. It's a crime drama directed by the great John Huston. Get this, folks. This is who it stars. The legendary Humphrey Bogart. The legendary. Edward G. Robinson, the legendary Lauren Bacall, not to mention the legendary Lionel uh, Barrymore. And then there's Claire Trevor as the alcoholic former nightclub singer Gay Dawn. And by the way, she just happened to win the 1948 Best Supporting Actress for the Academy Award. Folks, Key Largo, next time on
0: Matinee Minutia. Alrighty, so that will be the third Friday of the month, which is May 20th. All right, mm. sir. Well, it's another fine <laughs> spring evening with the windows cracked and, um, you know, the sun's been coming out a little more and the daisies are pushing themselves up Could you do us a favor and uh, say goodnight the way they used to on the radio? Sure. (laughs)
1: Goodnight. No, I'm brain farting. Goodnight. Gracie. Gracie. Oh, God. Um, Goodnight, Gracie. Thank
0: you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univazpods.net. Click the tower for streaming audio. Enter Discord for our chat room.
1: You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Find us on
0: Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Or visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com.
1: This has been an Ollie Bug production.
0: I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice.
2: Unique voices in podcasting.
0: Univospods.net.